computer. What did they look like? Ships, motorcycles. Were the circuits like freeways? I kept dreaming of a world I thought I'd never see. And then, one day, I got in. Ladies and gentlemen, from snowy downtown Palmer, Alaska, blessedly not windy, gloriously not freezing cold, Paul and I walked to the studio tonight and we didn't feel like various search and rescue animals would have to be sent out into the snow drifts in the next few days to find our frozen corpses. Paul, how are you tonight? <laughs> Much better. That was a really a good encapsulation of the... Uh, uh, it was just so stark walking here. I was like, oh, it's such a beautiful winter evening and there's Christmas lights and I don't feel like I'm fighting for my life. Yeah. How pleasant is that? Mm-hmm. It was very pleasant, and it's a, a beautiful, beautiful evening outside, even more beautiful inside. It is so good to be here, and I have to note before I forget, because I always forget at the beginning of this, that you can call in, and you can call in by texting us first at ug one cent our favorite number, or 841-7368, depending on wh- how you would prefer letters or numbers. Who can f- possibly forget UG1 cent? No one, and it encapsulates us so well. UG1 cent. Exactly. Or email us at help at outofajam.net, or on Facebook at facebook.com slash outofajam. There are so many ways for you to get in touch Look at that. We already, wow, this is, this is amazing. We have a phone call it's coming in right thing. now. Hello, and you are on the air. Yeah, hi. I had a technology question for the experts. Fantastic. Uh, What's your name, sir? Uh, Mike. Mike, are thanks for calling in. Are you calling from Mike? Uh, I'm calling from my truck on the Glen Highway at about, oh, eight miles an hour. <laughs> <laughs> There's a story there. Yeah. Um, so my question is, well, I've got three questions, so perhaps this is a three-part question. Fantastic. Um, so the first part of the question is, um, with the, you know, with, with all of the introductions of new technology and the, you know, the, 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 the many ways that they make our lives better, um, why do we seem to be getting dumber as a society, uh, you know, as a result of all the technology? And it just, it, it seems just mind-boggling to me that people think they can you know, sort of manage 97 different tasks, you know, from behind the wheel of their vehicle uh, with, on snow and ice covered roads. But that they do it in I, their vehicle. Yeah, I, I don't get that. You know, now I, I guess you could say, well, I'm guilty because I'm talking to you on a phone while I'm driving, but... But you're I, going eight I, miles I an hour. Out, I could get out and walk as fast as I'm, as I'm driving right now, so I think <laughs> I'm safe. Um, so would it be I, okay to walk and, and be on the Internet? Well, I could definitely manage that. Yeah, I could probably walk and, and talk at the same time on the phone. That'd be no problem. Okay. Some of these some of these folks that that want to try to do it all just they they stagger me um, in terms of you know, just ability. They're beyond me, I guess. Um, the second thing I have uh, that I'm really sort of wondering about is the technology conspiracy, and then this is a sort of a two part. Ooh, I um, love where this is going. So the the, the first part is, um, you know, why if if you know, Cindy Lou Who was just as inspiring in, in changing the Grinch in regular definition as she <laughs> is in, in high definition. So my question is, why do we need HD um, since, 
it only costs more to stream it. It requires more, <laughs> it requires more megabytes to download and watch these these things. And, and and to be perfectly honest, it doesn't it doesn't for me it doesn't improve the viewing experience. So all I'm seeing is the you know the, the cable companies are, are able to make more money. Well, but Mike, someone has to make up to, for you making more money. Say again. Someone has to make up for you making more money. As your income increases, there's got to be some way to siphon that off. We can't be ah. having you get richer. Anyway, this, I'm sorry. Keep going. No, no, this makes sense because, you know, I, my wife and I were discussing just the suitcases full of money buried under our house. We were wondering <laughs> sort of what we were going to do with all of it. And uh, Now you now know. This, this has helped. Um, so then my, my last part of my three-part sort of question on whether or not technology is a good thing is why is it? You know, HD this and Kindle Fire that and iPod 7 and, you know, iPad this, blah, 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 right? You go to buy these new things so you can keep up with the Joneses. And if you live in the lower 48, they offer you free shipping, right, from an online retailer. But if you live in Alaska, you've got to end up paying like 50% of the item cost. Yeah. Just to get it sent to you, and we're yeah. talking about we're talking about items that fit inside of a flat rate box. Right. So, is the postal service hurting that bad that they got to turn around and gouge hardworking Americans? You know, the cable company are they really hurting that bad? You know, the TV manufacturers, all of it. So, I guess you know, address those those questions as you will, and and maybe for this Christmas, um, how about a, just a technology boycott across the board? Ooh, excellent. I, All right. I, I'm going to call for... I know new, use no new. Um, you know, if your phone doesn't have a cord plugged to the wall, like, just shut it off completely is, I guess, where I'm going for this holiday season. Paul, you were just looking for a well, cord for your iPad. if I have a mic, yes, really. If I might just start with the third one, because I do have some recent experience being um, hijacked for shipping fees because I live in Alaska when it... It's actually uh, a more more of a, a lengthy excursion for merchandise to go from California to New York. I would like to incite people in our listening range to boycott any company that charges extra shipping to Alaska. Amen. I think that if enough of us uh, stonewalled this, uh, the message might get across. The only problem is we're a very small market, so... It's a small loss to well, any company that wants to market up here, but if enough people up here did it, they might just do it. Well, to end, since we're starting from the third, we might as well go back and start with the end and move back. But I, I can definitely add to that, and that is not only can we should we boycott these jerks who charge us more for absolutely no reason, I can also add that the good news is, is we have plenty of alternatives. Uh, there are so many people who either charge extra to ship to Alaska or they actually don't ship at all. Um, and, and the the reality is, is that more and more, uh, actually, oddly enough, the Postal Service, while it is hurting really bad, I think they lost, what, billions of dollars last year, and they're talking about just closing shop. The flat rate boxes they now provide have enabled a lot of vendors to actually ship for the exact same price here as they do anywhere else. And so if you go on eBay or you go on Amazon, I only shop from people or little stores or whatever who either offer free shipping or charge the exact same shipping and say it's going to go medium, you know, priority uh, in a flat rate box. And um, I honestly, I, I basically, 
I either will not pay more or I actually generally look for places that do free shipping these days because a lot of places do. You have to be careful, though. I mean, a lot of places advertise free shipping, and then when you go on your website, there's the technology connection, and you place your order, um, you don't get to see the shipping charges until you push submit. And uh, I had to cancel an order early this morning that I had, you know, wow. filed later in the evening when, of course, their phone lines and offices are closed. So that was a hassle. Uh, they did do it, thankfully. But now I've got to find another vendor that's not going to rip me off. Well, I can say that uh, a big priority for me has been trying to buy from places on Amazon and for places on, on eBay. Actually, because of that exact reason. And then to move on to, uh, since we're going backwards, to number two, which is what's with the rat race with technology. That is absolutely true, and there's two parts to that. One is, absolutely, companies just want to make more money. They love making more money, and if you're making software, you're making hardware, the only way to make more money at some point is to release a new product. That's true. The flip side, though, and this is really important to remember, is that uh, on technology is um, is that uh, if you are a geek and you are making this stuff, and you almost certainly are a geek if you are, you love, you absolutely love the product you're working on and you want it to be better a- as much as possible. And generally, and I can speak to experience from this on almost everything I've done, you, you think of like five to six different things that you wish you would do or, or wish you would do differently. And you get feedback from people that you wish you would do it differently and wish you would do it better. And um, it, as a result, everyone always tries to find ways to improve their products. And it, people, you know, it, on the one hand, we l- rage against companies that constantly in- introduce new things and, and new products. But a lot of people rage against companies that don't introduce them quickly enough. I mean, you know, BlackBerry still makes the same rotten, garbagey BlackBerry that they made seven years ago, so they're, they're going out of business. Oh, snap. That was cold. It was, but that's the irony. Seven years ago, it wasn't a terrible BlackBerry, but now no one, you know, no one no, wants it's one. it's relatively terrible. Yeah, it's relatively terrible. And so, you know, the one thing, and I feel this is really important and ties to the first question also, is to realize that, yes, it, technology gives us a huge breadth and power of control and information, and uh, we can do things more efficiently so we have time to do more things. And that means that we have so much more room for choice that we have a great, uh, much greater onus and responsibility to make good choices. And the more choice you're given, the more you have to make good choices, and the easier it becomes to make bad ones. And that's what technology does, basically, is it's giving us more and more choices, choices after choice. And we have to stop and recognize that technology is something that you have to approach as something you have to control because otherwise it's grabbing the tiger by the tail and it will control you. It will control your life whether it's because you have to update Facebook or just because you hate it. Uh, but it is something you control. And as an example, I've got a 10-year-old Mac. I don't have a brand-new Mac. I have an iPhone 4, which isn't the latest and greatest, but it's not that old either, but it's four years old. You don't have to upgrade. And if anyone tells you that or a salesman tells you that, well, they're wrong. I mean, your device generally still does exactly what it did when you bought it. Well, you think about how amazing that product was when you got it new, you oh. know, and then a year later, please, it's nothing, you know. 
you, you were kind of making jest about the the old blackberry, but how old was that? It wasn't that long ago, and it was the juice, you know. Right, absolutely. So I mean, well, there's the a school of, there's a school of thought now that you know you just wait wait a year, you right. know, you just keep that machine and uh, and then wait for the newer one that or what was new a year ago to come the price to come down, and and that's probably plenty for what you need. Yeah, well, and you know, the, and the real, the real, I guess the real rub for me is that, you know, you try to be a good consumer, you try to be environmentally responsible, you try to get your, you know, the, yeah. the useful life out of something. And what cracks me up is, you know, I have a TV that, you know, some, some visitors deemed too small to watch television on, which is just whatever. And <laughs> so they, 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 they hijacked me. They took my TV out of my house and they replaced it with a bigger one. Right? <laughs> and so, if anybody out there is listening, to do you a would favor, like a, would like a 19-inch box TV that's that's been functioning flawlessly since 1998. I've got one and I can't even recycle it. Okay, um, you know, red, the 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 Red Cross or, or sorry, the Salvation Army won't even take it, and, yeah, really? uh, and I can't recycle the thing. Yeah, it's hilarious to me. So now. You know, we would. It, it, you can't even donate something to someone unless it's flat screen LCD HD. They don't blah, take blah, blah, CRTs. You know, it's no, it's hilarious. true. Yeah, a lot of wow. places. You're right. A lot of thrift stores won't even take old computers. Period. Huh. Here, and, and this is true for printers. Uh, two things. One. I don't know if you've tried to recycle it through total reclaim, but they'll generally take them and recycle them in a responsible way. They don't make little children take them a apart. Total, a, total, a total reclaim? Yep, they're in Anchorage. You can just, it's totalreclaim.org. Yeah, they, want, they, want, they want 50 bucks, I think it was. 50? Uh, yeah, I think it was like 50 bucks to recycle a TV. Oh, That's pretty extreme. Right, right Generally, the most I've had to pay is 10 to 20, but uh, that, that yeah, and you're right, you know, $50 is a chunk of change to try and do something responsible you with your product. Anchorage. Yeah, no, that's very, very true. And, you know, I would suggest Craigslist for getting something rid of something like that, too, but I will note that even there, uh, I've had very poor luck trying to get rid of perfectly functioning inkjet printers that, you know, you could go to the store and buy almost the same thing for 60 bucks, so people just do that. It's true. That is absolutely a problem, and I feel that that's something that needs to be addressed in our society. But like with many things, waste, you know, for a while their old cell phones were the, one of the biggest things going into, one of the biggest new waste products in landfills, and right. that was a huge problem. And now there's some pretty aggressive programs to deal with that. But that is, yeah, yeah it's crazy. It's insane. Um on the flip side, you know, you could have kept using and working with that, but that sort of illustrates perfectly that a lot of people don't want to use what works just fine. Your product worked fine, but a lot of people don't want that. They want uh, a newer TV mm-hmm. or a newer phone or whatever whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. And um, I will say that that also illustrates that if you're willing to be behind the curve, by the way, you can get away with spending so much less oh, on yeah. technology. You yeah. can get a $200 nice Mac laptop, and you can get a $5 router and a free TV. I mean, you could probably deck yourself out for free. I have AutoCAD programs that used to be worth thousands of dollars that I you know, try to get rid of and can't. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah, we've, we've become, a, we've become a, very, a very snobbish society in terms of, what we're willing to, um, you know, I don't want to say put up with, but make do with. It's, it's pretty hilarious. You know, I, I guess I like, I like my vehicle paid for. Um, you know, I, I like meat to come from the from the woods. 
And um, I, I kind of like my phone a few years old and with 100,000 minutes on it. You know what I mean? Like, I, I like to know that it's been functioning just fine and isn't going to let me down. There's versus, a true Alaskan. Uh, you know, the, the, new, the new hotness that's, you know, just well, whatever. Well, you know, here. it's ironic because you're talking to someone who loves, loves new technology. And if I could have the latest and greatest gadgets come through my hands, that would be awesome. That being said, most people I deal with as clients, we've all heard this various statistics thrown around about this before, but most people don't de- definitely do not use their new phone or their new computer for I- anything that all that much greater than what they use right. the old one for. And with maintenance, a lot of this old equipment will do exactly what you want to do at a perfectly respectable speed and rate. And, yeah. and I w- It's kind of like cameras. You know, if you're a photographer, I can think of so many people who upgrade to a really fancy DSLR when probably uh, an iPhone is actually all they need because if you're, you should be learning how to use the camera that you have instead of letting the equipment act as a crutch. And it's right. a similar thing. Yeah, S- no, I, completely, I completely agree. Well, thanks for calling in, Mike. Yeah, yeah, you guys enjoy. Have a good one. And um, I, uh, let's see, I, I have moved I've moved a mile. I'm actually. <laughs> hey, by the way, Mike, do you have an iPhone? Say again. Do you have an iPhone, <laughs> Paul? Yeah, I have an I have an iPhone old. I think is the model. Nice. So, One of my favorites. Hey, a really nice <laughs> app that works on these long, horrible commutes is called Waze. W A Z E. It's free, and uh, helpful people provide little updates as you drive along. Hands-free, by the way, doesn't kill people, so you can see what traffic rates are and where accidents are. Not that it would help you right this minute, but if you do commute to and from Anchorage, it's pretty sweet. But, but my, my only question with that is, you know, we have, like, four roads here, so, I mean, who, what are they updating? You know what I mean? Like, Absolutely. Like, you know, if you're in a big metro area and there's actually some way to bypass. But If you're no. leaving downtown Anchorage, yes, I've used it to bypass certain sticky exits. And then also, just in general, as a heads up, they can give you estimates for how long it'll take to get uh, home, what, what exactly is slowing down your traffic, things like that. Yeah, well, it's stupidity that's slowing down this traffic, that's for sure. It's terrible <laughs> and inattention to detail, okay? That's the bottom line. So, um, Well, uh, good luck with those drivers. Night. Yeah, you enjoy yourselves, stay warm in the radio station, and, uh, you know, hey, we'll, uh, we'll catch you next week. Sounds Thank great. you very much. Thanks for calling. And just regarding his first question about, you know, stupidity in the, in the driver's seat, I would say, you know, the... The, the stupidity in the driver's seat is not limited to the driver's seat because people really do, I think, have an inflated sense of their ability to multitask in, in many walks of life. Yes, this is, this is very true. And, you know, the studies say, that, um, well, I shouldn't say the studies, many studies point out that uh, the younger generations do have a more of an ability to, to actually yeah, but I do think those. But the quality of yes. what's done in each of those is reduced substantially. Well, and when you're driving, yeah. that's um, an entirely different proposition altogether. And there are uh, many, many, many things that let you do things hands-free without looking at the screen. So that is very true. Which brings us to our initial first segment. Thank you, by the way, for calling. Remember that you can call us by either texting us at UG1CENT or get sending us an email or getting on Facebook and we'll let you get on the air. But in the meantime, we're going to get to news and Paul's favorite section of the evening which involves a, a general amount of screaming and running and panicking and things like that. Paul, uh, you're kind of failing at your duties there. There is 
Man, one of these days we're going to get it down. This is what no one ever tells you about Darth Vader's entrance in Star Wars, is just how much time Darth Vader lackeys try to actually go ahead and get something to work, and nothing ever does. But Paul, you can do it. You can still. Kind of like that version more. Yeah. Okay. That was the Imperial March. Next time, our audio out will actually function. Interesting. Which will be very exciting. So fear and panic. We all know what that is. Fear and panic. Yes, indeed. And we have some great items for fear and panic for you today. Actually, starting with at the top of my list is the fact that there is a Trojan out there. We've talked about Trojans before. Zeus Trojan. The Zeus Trojan. Yes, Uh, it's a variant. Apparently, this particular Trojan has been a longtime favorite of criminals of the lesser element or the less. uh, Well, actually, criminals of the less honest honest element doesn't make any sense. (laughs) But been used. Attacks for over 30,000 electronic banking customers in Europe, which is quite a number. But this one, it's actually. I, I, I almost, there's so many levels. To there's this so one. many levels. I really almost, there's, a, there's almost a certain level of respect yeah, I have to give. Yeah, this one isn't just brute force. This is finesse, man. I've thought it, about every little detail. This is definitely swindling finesse. Yeah, I love it. Where should I even start describing it? Paul, does it. Does well, it ma- you know, it starts by asking you if you want a security upgrade. Right. And we've all talked about how much supposedly you should do security upgrades. Yeah, that's should, right. You know, yeah. security upgrades are good. So you're so doing then you say you do that and it takes you to a site. And oh gosh. Right, it and gets as worse. So often is the case the site uh it, it you know First of all, I should note, they get you to click a link, which is definitely something that needs to be wa- people need to be warned against. Yeah. Don't click on if links. If it's asking you to go to another site. I mean, if you want to be careful. really safe and don't have to think about it, just don't click on links and emails, period, mm. the end, ever. Don't click, click on links and emails, and that's, you know, not a bad start. So they take you to a malicious site, and this particular site then injects some code mm-hmm. into your computer in the background because sites can execute code if you're yeah. not up to date. It's spoofing a request for a security upgrade. Exactly. And uh, once that happens, um, actually, it, it, the next time, so first it puts some mm-hmm. code on your computer. The next time you visit a legitimate site, your banking like website. Like your banking website. Exactly. Yeah. It pops up a message, supposedly from your bank, requ- saying that there's going to be a security upgrade. And then you have to put in your username and information. Encryption software. Exactly. And it offers to protect your mobile device from bad things that would happen, which some websites do when you log in. And, you know, they say, provide your phone number, please, for whatever it may be. And you go ahead and you give them information. But that's only step two yep. of what's pretty clever. Yeah. It moves on from there, and it says, well, you should have two-step authentication. And, again, we just mentioned a lot of places, Google, Facebook, a lot of banks, uh, encourage you to have two-step authentication, which is where you need a code on your phone each time you log in. So the code changes each time, which increases your security, so you're theoretically unhackable. Which Except. Exactly, which you are unless you've gone through this whole process with them. They've therefore acquired your phone number, sent you a text, and encouraged you to download this piece of software to oh, generate this code if you're an Android user or a BlackBerry user. And it's their software, not the bank's. Mm-hmm. And from there on out, every time you use, quote-unquote, two-step authentication, a.k.a. the hacker software, and 
the uh, real authentication information with your bank. In other words, you are logging into your bank. They're not hacking anything there. You're just also providing the software on your BlackBerry or your Android with important information. They automatically siphon off a small percentage, a percentage. of every transaction. That's really brilliant. It is. Because then, you know, they're going to get as much as they can get, possibly, without going over, you know, where they wouldn't get anything. And just takes it away and puts it in their own bank account. And then the next little twist is that, you know, usually when you do a transfer like that, you get a little email that kind of confirms. Mm -hmm. Well, they they bypass that. They they take it from you. Because they've already compromised the entire system. So basically, you're starting, you have no idea what's happening from ground up, and you think everything is... You look at your statement. And I guess they've, what, uh, uh, millions of dollars, I believe. What's There's actually a number, $47 million so far that they've managed to grab. Yikes. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, crazy. So, keep banking. You know, it makes you wonder, you know, are people going to want to not do electronic banking anymore? Well, you know, the thing is, uh, despite my earlier sarcastic comment just now. It's worth pointing out that this... In a long string of sarcastic comments. No, I would never. It's worth pointing out that this happens again because you clicked on a link and your security got compromised. And even though, yes, it throws up a fake security message, this compromise depends on you not having appropriate security thrown up on your computer already. It works on an exploit in Java that's already been patched. And by the way, you remember how Java has been a vector of attack for many people lately. And it depends on you being able to download malicious software on your phone and your BlackBerry, which, by the way, both the BlackBerry and the Android have uh, scanners now for malicious software, which you should install and use because they have a fair bit. If you have those phones, then it's no different than having a PC, you can get infected with malicious software. And so I guess what I'm getting at is, yeah, there are risks to online banking. Uh, By the flip side, there are risks to using checks. You know, I'm not in any way downplaying how clever this is or in some ways how scary, but the percentage of people who get compromised by this is pretty low, and the percentage of check fraud that goes on out there is really high. Hmm. And so it's, I, I think that's what often gets lost in these conversations. If you're going to seriously say, oh, my gosh, online banking, it's the devil. It's going to steal all my money forever. Well, you should be cautious. There are threats, and you can't take them lightly. You can't just proceed blithely through the night dancing on two toes and thinking the li- that life is great. But the same is true with everything else you do in life. So yes. is online banking 100% safe? No. Are there really scary things about it? Yes. Is regular banking the same way? Yeah. I mean, you know, I used to know someone who worked for collections for a collections agency in Anchorage. What a fun job. It was very interesting, the stories he had. And then he worked in sales because they also did they also did credit card transactions. And uh, they did a lot of work with uh, e-checks as a result, checks that get cashed and deposited automatically, which is one of the services they offered. And sales is just another branch of collections. Well, that's what he said. Yeah, that was always always (laughs) the same skills translated, I guess, badgering people. But the the number of things and the number of things that were done with, uh, with checks was just absolutely amazing. So I'm not saying don't use checks. I'm just saying take all this with a grain of salt. So we are going to be right back with some more news and some excellent tips after the break. If you want to be involved with Radio Free Palmer, contact us on the web, radiofreepalmer.org. We're looking for ideas, we're looking for volunteers, and we're looking for help. Thank you so much, and enjoy. 
Hey, we're back. Huzzah. All right. Well, we just wanted to let you know that BlackBerry has had it up to here with your terrible passwords. They rightfully should. All right. I do have to give credit to the writer of that incredible headline, Casey Johnson of Ars Technica. Well, at BlackBerry is no doubt right. I've had it up to here with everyone's terrible passwords, actually, I will note. I, w- I spent part of today resetting passwords on someone's e- uh, their email account and their hosting account because one of their emails was just four letters. I've had a password. And so the thing was hacked. The uh, account was used to spend, send a huge amount of spam, so the entire server and the hosting end got blacklisted. So all of these websites went down. So they killed all the emails for this organization, knowing emails coming in or, in or out. Uh-huh. That is actually getting off easy because that email was one that was tied to a financial account. So it could have been used if someone had been on top of it to reset the security question on that financial account, and they could have gotten access to it as well. <laughs> so just uh, don't use terrible passwords. BlackBerry is actually banning some passwords. I love this, result. 106 of them. No usage of which which ones are they? Read some of I'm them. sure that password in one, two, three, four, one, five, two, six. Three, four, five, six. Yes. The Batman. Batman's in there. Really? It's a common password. I had no Change idea. me. Yeah, that is a very common password. And my password. personal favorite, Butthead. People Can't are classy. use them. Done. Excellent. Well, I, and actually, look, look, Canada and hockey are out, too, which I guess <laughs> is because Blackberry right. must be in Canada, which <laughs> they are. I guess there were a lot of others that don't quite fit that mold, but that are a little too common, like Cowboy, Dragon, Ooh. Gandalf. Well, yeah, okay, <laughs> I want Gandalf that, for my yeah. password. I want oh, Gandalf look for at my that. emails. Gandalf Somewhat common first names. Michael's on that list, Michael. That's, well, I guess I'm just that special. You Everyone better change your password. password. All right. And, but, you know, bottom line, don't use a word for your password, nor should you tack on a number. That any longer is not enough. You need a capital. You need a number. You need a symbol. You need a lowercase letter, an uppercase letter. And that is terrible. I know. And I'm sorry. But that really should be done. But why is that? I mean, it's not like people go through a guessing game. No, it's true. They don't. But here's the thing. Here's what's changed from before. So let's take 10 years ago, right? Mm-hmm. Your password was probably compromised by some dude who just guessed. Mm-hmm. And they might be really smart at guessing, but they guessed. Maybe they knew something about you. Yeah, or, or they might have singled you out for a particular reason. Or like just in general, they were messing around on the Internet. What's changed now, and they might have even had some programs to help them, but what's really changed now is hacking passwords is a business. It is a multi-million dollar business. And as you know, when people are incentivized by millions of dollars, lo and behold, they get pretty smart. And they write some really smart programs. So it's no longer humans guessing these passwords. It is programs. And they have algorithms to let them say, here are all the common words. Here's all the words in the English language and all the various languages in the entire world. A computer, you know, a supercomputer can blaze through those in a few seconds. Mm. Then it can say, all right, let's tack on a number to each of these. (laughs) Blazes right through those. Mm. It can even do a common combinations of, well, a lot of people do a capital in the first one and a number on the end one. So it, it doesn't have to just guess on each character. Mm-hmm. It just guesses whole combinations. It, prob- exactly. It guesses probabilities. And it, you've got a machine that can crunch. Billions know, of computations per of second. If you, want, yeah. uh, if you want a really sobering look, Google How Secure Is My Password. And there is a really excellent website, HowSecureIsMyPassword.com. Oh, it's going to be really depressing. It is, because it just will show you that I, I've plugged in passwords that I even thought were pretty secure. And it said, oh, it would take a computer computer, approximately four hours, a.k.a. 4.17 billion guesses, 
to get this. Jeez. So, but how, however, when you add those variables, a capital, lowercase, basically when you add enough variables that it has to guess, mm-hmm. a computer doesn't, can't just figure out the entire string. It has to actually guess on each character in the password at that point. And so you can, as so long as you have those, those four variables and then pad the rest with whatever you want, so it's relatively long, say 10 characters long, and you can just use spaces, dots, uh, same mm. character over and over. It doesn't matter at that point. It has to try and figure out that variable for each character. Mm. And it makes it incredibly complex. So you can actually make a fairly easy-to-remember password that just has four variations of some kind and then pad the rest with the same thing, and it's secure. Okay. So that's good to know. Anyway, BlackBerry. Take yours out. Yep. All right. poo. <laughs> Give it up. Moving on, Apple. Apple's had a kind of a rough week in some ways. <laughs> N- another one. In some ways, yes. Yeah, you know, it's rough is relative when you're making more money than the rest of the entire world combined. <laughs> so I don't feel too bad They're for them. They're crying all the way to yes, the bank. Yes, exactly. But uh, apparently, uh, iTunes in Russia was temporarily serving up porn images yes. to people who were logging on to the iTunes store. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> a small, a, probably a little bit of a shocker for some people. <laughs> And the reason why, Paul, they're using XXX.XXX for blank websites' names where they used example images or whatever. It was just meant to be filler. Well, very recently, .XXX became a real domain. (laughs) A real domain. For what? Yes. Well, I'd leave it to your imagination. For the hanky und der panky. The hanky und der panky. So to speak. Once again. So all of a sudden, lo and behold, porn comes flooding in. So, as people have noted, there's a reason example.com was invented. If you ever need an example website, example.com is actually maintained for that purpose. Hmm. Use that. And moving on, and even better news, at Australian, stuff? yeah, well, this one's worth noting because the police in Australia are actually warning you against using Apple's maps. Oh, that's great, yeah, <laughs> I love it. Because... What a headache that's been. It has. It hasn't, it hasn't gone too well uh, in many ways, and this is going to be great news for those who really hate Apple's apps map. I guess people have been, they've had some repeated cases where people have, have looked for a certain spot and ended up in a remote park somewhere lost. Yeah, somewhere in the desert. Yeah. No food, no water, bad, no cell signal. People walking for hours so they could call for help. <laughs> Pretty grim. Here's my moral to the story. Don't use any kind of maps app to navigate in the desert. Okay. Don't navigate in the desert with a phone. That is a bad idea. Use the idea. stars. It is. And I will note that people actually, they're, they're, if you go to Death Valley National Park Service, puts a, has a warning on their website that says, please, kindly, don't use your phone to navigate in Death Ooh. Valley because cell phone reception will stop or it will just be wrong and then you will die. <laughs> Yeah, so not necessarily in that order. <laughs> it's pretty uh, darn hot there. It's true. It's very true. No, not not like it does here. Your phone here might pretty, still be active, and it might not be. You know, the upside is in Alaska, we only have basically one road. It's kind of hard to get off the road. Yeah. You can get lost in civilization pockets. But if but you get lost, you're really lost. <laughs> You've done something really <laughs> wrong. There's <laughs> been... A big mistake. This is not a puddle in front of me. That's no. the Yukon River. Did you know, by the way, that this is actually some good news for Apple? Is and This was actually kind of big news. Mm-hmm. Is they're going to invest money in building a manufacturing plant in the United States instead yeah. of building them overseas, for which they've gotten a lot of flack. A lot of companies do. 
They're going to try one entire line of Mac is going to get manufactured in the United States next year. So they're manufacturing components that are made abroad. They're assembling, excuse me. Is that correct? Yes. I thought they were manufacturing the whole thing. Oh, but that would make sense. No, I take mm-hmm. it back. Of course they are, because a lot of those components are sourced from other companies, Samsung, mm-hmm. uh, Dell, Sony, whatever they need. Whoever Foxconn. Foxconn. Well, Foxconn is manufacturing. I think, oh, actually, right. Foxconn is helping them build this factory. And I might be wrong on that, okay. but yep. I've heard that Foxconn yep. is looking at opening factories in the United States, which is really mm-hmm. interesting yeah, reversal, interesting. if you think about it. A major Chinese company that deals in manufacturing is looking at opening factories here mm-hmm. for cost purposes. Paul, it's only a matter of time before you're gluing iPads together. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah, I think it's a great change, you know. Um, that And uh, what I heard uh, on an NPR program was that, um, was it Cook was saying, I think himself, that uh, they weren't necessarily doing it to save money. But there were, you know, political reasons and PR reasons and, and uh, some long-term cost savings. And I've heard it's interesting because there's been a lot of debate about that, and there have been analysts who said, no, that can't possibly be true. They must be doing it to save money. And I would imagine, as is so often the case, particularly with Apple, a little bit of both is true. Mm-hmm. If they can find a fairly high, a, a pretty high-quality way to do something that both is good for their bottom line and that they think people will like or is, is good for people, they, they will take it. And so... They're definitely opportunistic, and they're definitely into it for making money, but they're pretty clever about finding ways to do both and try and do things that improve whatever whatever they're trying to improve, whatever cause they've, they've picked. So I, I'm sure it is partly both. And I've, it'd be interesting to see how that actually pans out because, you know, they've said last year, well, it's not always a matter of that it's more expensive to do it in the United mm-hmm. States. It's a matter of the fact that there may not be enough people who are qualified to mm. assemble them. Mm. So I'd be interested to find out how they're getting around that what their plan is. I mean, I think they've officially said $100 million is the budget for what they're going to invest here, which is a pretty tiny sum. Yeah, so it looks like a baby say. step. They're exploring this mm-hmm, option. Mm-hmm. So, great. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see where that goes. Well, Paul, uh, one quick thing before we get to our tips. And by the way, people, to remind you, you can still text us at UG1CENT or 8417368. Or you can text us on Facebook.com slash OutOfAJam or email us at help at OutOfAJam.net to get a phone number so you can call in with your question but, or and comment. And we actually wanted to initiate a new new offering this week. For it's the first true. Time. I'm very excited about this offering. We're going we're gonna to try something that, that I think will appeal to some of you out there it's an actual technological confessional booth yes that's I, right you, ladies and do gentlemen. you do something terrible to your technology or are you ashamed at how t- how terrible you are with it or the question that you think you have you know we've had a lot of people who said well i want to call in with this question but i think it's really dumb they think it's embarrassing and, they, and unfortunately i think they think they're alone you're not alone. You are not alone. This is a helpline. We're here to help. help we only us mock help you help after you. we're off the air. Sometimes <laughs> right. on the air, but usually not. Usually we, not. We really try not to. No, no, Sometimes we like you a lot. irresistible. So please, feel free to call and confess. Yes. Moving on. Moving on, Paul. We have How about returning to our, our we, we reported on the Uber car service some Oh, some I totally forgot about that. Yes, the car service where you can get an app on your Android or your smartphone in certain population centers 
and get someone to come and pick you up, just Instead another human taxi. being. Yeah, and then you get to rate them and say if they're great or terrible, and they make a little money from the car service, and mm-hmm. you get to go somewhere cheaper with a human being uh, of a who's not a taxi cab driver. Not that there's anything wrong with being a taxi cab driver, but maybe you don't want to ride a taxi cab. I was a taxi cab driver. Really, Paul? I was. Well, a good thing there was nothing a winter wrong winter in Fairbanks. <laughs> oh, I'm yes, so sorry. Yes, true. That must have been a really fascinating... Night shift. If I could find a way to make a technology theme out of that and interview <laughs> you, I would, because I'm sure there are some fascinating stories. That really might be an, an interesting um, Maybe we'll just TV. have the non-technology taxi cab. Taxi cabbing is a technology, as evidenced here, by the way, because the Uber car service so has gotten in trouble. Update? It's gotten in trouble because it has not... It's not subject, supposedly, to the same laws and regulations as a taxi cab service. Mm-hmm. They don't charge their drivers the same fees and rates that taxi cabs get charged, which is how one of the ways they offer lower rates, I believe. Right. And so they've been sued in a number of places. And the uh, Washington, D.C. City Council, and this is kind of big news, just passed a law legitimizing this car service. That's awesome. It is, because it's, it's very much crowd-sourced, so to speak. Anyone can become a driver if you pass a test and uh, some basic pre- uh, some basic questions and quizzes with the Uber car service. They have some training. Yeah, and they had to go through a screening. We reported yeah. on that. Yeah, there's background screening background and there's training and, and a all psych that. eval of some mm-hmm. rudimentary variety. So yeah. it's not just like every crazy can get it. But then you can hopefully find cool people in your area who are willing to give you a lift. And I guess the city council has actually passed legislation giving it some, uh, making it legitimate and giving it some oversight similar to what taxi cabs have to go through, but not as stringent and not as expensive. Oh. Awesome. So that's a good thing. If I go to Washington, D.C. for all of my extensive lobbying efforts, I will try that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right. Well, we're, one last thing, actually, to note, news item. Uh, this is good news for Apple and Microsoft, I think. There, it looks really, really likely that Microsoft Office for the iOS, your iPad or your iPhone, is going to be coming to an iPhone or iPad near you very, very soon indeed. So just keep your fingers crossed because as much as I'm not necessarily a huge fan of Microsoft Office, it's a glaring omission on the iOS, and Microsoft should probably really jump on that train before someone else does a good job of it, which hasn't really, hasn't really happened. Okay, well, we've, we're getting closer to the end of the second half hour, but I still want to hit on the tips and questions that we usually try to hit on. And one of them is, is a mailing list. Paul, do you, are you familiar with why you would want a mailing list? Uh, yes, you can send items out to a host of people. Exactly. Phishing emails. They can click on a link and you can siphon off their money. Oh, that's a well, great use for email list. Yeah. Yes. Well, another reason is, is we've all probably developed emails with multiple people that we send them to. And some email lists grow and grow and grow, and they get bigger and bigger. And what a lot of people don't know is that past a certain point, your email service provider will start blocking your emails because they're on the lookout for these phishing emails mm-hmm. that make you click on links and have people siphon off bank accounts also. And one telltale sign of that is that someone's sending out too many emails. So you can, like MTA, as an example, I believe the upper limit is 60. You can have 60 or 50 recipients on your email, and anything past that, they'll just block it. Mm. And that's a pretty easy number to hit. Mm -hmm. Some bigger email services that you might pay for offer more, and the uh, the limit's something like 500. But that's actually not too hard of a limit to hit either if you're a business or an organization. 
So what can you do? Break it up? Well, you can, and that's everyone's first response is to try and break it up. But there's actually limits on how many emails per hour you can send also, hmm. for that matter, for that exact same reason, because they want to make sure mm-hmm. you're not a spammer. And really what you're supposed to do at that point, and your best answer, is to use a specific service to manage your email list. And there are applications to do that, but the best services by far are ones you can use online. And there's two. One, if you have a small email list, and let's just say you have a group of people who send a lot of emails back and forth, a really great software service is called tinyletter.com. It's free, Tiny Letter is, and it lets people sign up for your newsletter, whether it's online or you can add them manually from your address book in groups of people at a time. People can join by emailing you. There's a number of ways for people to join. And then it works very simple. You just type up an email, and it automatically formats it to look good on whoever's computer or on their mobile device. And when they respond to you, they get added to this email list. So you can carry on a conversation with people in an email list from this web software service, and there's an app you can download as well. And it handles all the details for you. It you know makes sure that you're not flagged as spam. You can send up to 2,000 emails, no problem, easy peasy. And it works really, really well. And it is designed for people who have a club or people who have a fan list who might correspond or someone who has a club and they just manage an email list where everyone, rather than using a message board, uses email. Or in general, if you have a, an email list that you might want to send to a bunch of recipients, it will work a lot better than your than your email application well. That's a great tip. Tinyletter.com. But if you have over 2,000 or if you want fancier features for dealing with spam or integrating with Facebook or how your email looks, that's where MailChimp comes in. That's a great name. It really is. And I have to tell you, MailChimp (laughs) is one of... It is. And they have a mascot. And his name is Freddy. And he always has funny little quotes, which sounds really annoying, but it's not because it's done in a very uh, unobtrusive manner. MailChimp is one of my favorite companies. Apple is... Arguably one of my favorite companies for a variety of reasons. MailChimp is second, if that's wow. the case. These guys are amazing. They run a really great business. They treat their employees really well. They're really great to deal with from customer service support. And it is free for businesses and nonprofits and just any old human being up to 5,000 emails, hmm. which is a pretty wow. big email list. Okay, And they offer some really heavy-duty features for t- dealing with uh, tracking who opens it, who clicks, who forwards, uh, whether or not it's gotten through the spam, what time of day is best to send your email. So it's really geared towards a business or an organization that's trying to do the most with their email list. And it integrates with all sorts of online services and applications, including things like Facebook. And just the list goes on and on. It has a visual editor for how it looks. MailChimp is the bomb. There are other similar services like Constant Contact, but they are terrible in comparison. And I just have no love for them whatsoever. And (laughs) if if someone can give me one good reason not to use MailChimp over those others, I would be all ears. Because I've used them all, and it's really stark how, how much of a difference there is. So please do call. Yes, indeed. Yeah, give me reasons. Egg one cent. Egg one cent. Eight four one seven three six eight. So send us a text so you can call us. That would be very very exciting. Paul, you've had uh, your. I believe your cell phone is strobing again. Yeah, it's strobing again. It just starts doing it. So if someone call. If someone were to call Paul right now, his phone would go off like a party light. Even it's pretty though cool, I've been actually. a good boy and turned off the sound, it will flash. It's true, like, and you know like we. It's a nuclear and accident. I mentioned last time that our initial attempt to rest, force to restart by holding down the top button and the home button don't work. Yeah. Yeah, if it doesn't work or if the problem keeps coming back, you pretty much have to restore your iPhone from scratch. Yeah. And that's probably going to be a step-by-step blow for our next show. So you know exactly how to do that. Because it's a really good process to have for many, many other troubleshooting reasons. 
But a couple other things. I've got a nice new digital camera. It's Ooh, a, congrats. What did you get? It's a Nikon um, Coolpix 9300. I love Ooh, it. Ooh, schnazzy. It's really amazing. It's not horribly expensive. And it, uh, it'll do full-frame pictures at a great distance. I'm really, really impressed. Oh, so it's a good zoom. Nice. I, yeah, I saw a, a total solar eclipse recently in Australia and, and got some really snazzy photographs of it just filling the frame. And wow, you can see the that's flares awesome. on really? the sun, and it's pretty incredible. The point-and-shoot. That yeah, is nice. point-and-shoot. Well, but it's got a lot of manual features as well. But one thing on the side, it uh, you open up a little panel, and the same place where there's a port to charge the device, there's an H- HDMI input. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but it's not a standard HDMI. It's what's called a mini. And oh, of course. I have not gotten this. Because we don't have enough adapters and cables in our yeah, life already. Yeah, right. Uh, I have not really had a need to it. But I just, it just struck me as interesting that it's, that it's on this device. Well, you know, curiously enough, it's actually not there to transfer your photos. Right. It's there to connect to a TV and show your photos mm-hmm. on TV, which is cool. Um, you know, every camera has had some variant of that feature since the dawn of time. If it's a digital camera, I haven't known a digital camera that didn't come with a little one of those, you know, red and yellow plugins mm-hmm. for a TV, and it right. plugged into the camera, and the camera and a little thing that said AV port. I've never known anyone who used that. Right. I, have you ever used that? No. Because I never have. I did it once out of curiosity, hooked it all up. It's like, oh, yeah, cool. That's that's my picture on the TV, and, and I was done. Right, because, you know, you always want to edit your stuff. Well, you do. And, you're, you know, you ha- we have all these other devices that hook up to TVs that do a much better job of showing off mm-hmm. your photos anyway. You've got your phone, your computer, your the Internet, the, this, that, and you can put a slideshow and music and make it all fancy schmancy. I, I, I would be interested to know if anyone ever used that. kind of reminds me of the features. You remember those little, and they still make them, I'm sure sure, the little horrible mini printers that you hook the digital camera up to directly and it prints out little pictures. Yeah. I mean, that's cool, but who needs that? Right. You, you just get a printer. Get a, You already have a computer and a printer. You don't need another special little printer for your phone. Or it really blows my mind. But I, I have known many people have bought those, and I don't know anyone who uses it. So that falls under the same category. So don't bother getting the mini HDMI adapter. So I have another question. Ooh, excellent. As, as in... Listeners have unfortunately been witness. There's been a, a long saga of me di- digitizing my, my music collection. It's driven you to tears once or it twice. Has, yes. To, to question my, my qualifications for being on the show, in fact. Oh, Paul. It's there, true. there are it's no true. qualifications. Where it's, this is, it's this a is, good thing. This is an open, accepting I'm form for all people. I'm overqualified, I suppose. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> You're not what I wanted at all, you know. I'm just dealing with my disappointment every day that you have answers to my questions. I want you to know less. Not the same amount. No, but seriously, I, I did get all my music uh, onto the laptop, and then, of course, it exceeded the memory, so I started putting it on a 500 mega, uh, gigabyte external drive connected by Firewire. And that's fine and dandy. But then the other day, I was trying to listen to music, amazing and could not get it to connect to the airport. And I was puzzled. Huh. Well, you know, the thing to do is, let me ask you this. You transferred your external, uh, your iTunes library to an external hard drive. Correct. And then what did you do to open that library? I, op- I opened the device. 
which I know is incorrect. Right. So it sounds like you actually went to the external hard drive and double-clicked on your library. Correct. Yeah. And that's not uncommon, and that's because, uh, you know, there's a very natural tendency to say, I should interact with the library I want to interact with. And iTunes still f- stores everything in folders, so you do that, you open it up, and you see a folder full of music. That's right. And then, even worse, and some people do this, they open that music, and it just gets added to iTunes, and it gets added to the library iTunes is currently using, which is on your computer. And so that just becomes this horrible mess. The thing to do is you have to tell iTunes which library to use. So if you have a library on your Mac and then you have a library on your external hard drive, you have to tell iTunes that it needs to use the one on the external hard drive. And you do that by holding down the option key when you click on iTunes. I wish that was more intuitive. but I Yeah, you know, iTunes doesn't make it a super easy to uh, use two libraries. I mean, that's not bad. That's pretty reasonable, but mm-hmm. it's not definitely not a here's your drop-down menu of libraries to use sort of thing. And they definitely still sort of geared towards just having one library. That being said, if you hold down the Option key when you click on iTunes or the Alt key on Windows, mm-hmm. it will give you a little dialog box asking, oh, which, wh- one? which one? And then you have to navigate in the little window it gives you to the external hard drive, to the folder on the external hard drive, and mm-hmm. say this one. Mm-hmm. And then it will open it right up. Right. The upside is you can actually switch back and forth between the two. You can have one on your computer you use when you're traveling, and then the big one on the external hard drive. Mm-hmm. And that's the option key is your friend. That same trick, by the way, you can use. The option and alt key in general is a really good key to hold down when you launch any number of applications because it just makes them do stuff. Some, like uh, uh, Outlook, will then try to repair their library. iPhoto also will give you the option to choose a different iPhoto library. Some will like, run through diagnostics. The option or alt uh, key will result in a lot of interesting stuff. when you Hold it down. Click on things. See it what happens. still won't make me a sandwich, so what good is it? Well, Siri might. Siri. I've asked Siri. It make you a digital sandwich. No, I'm sorry. I can't do that. Well, that's a little rude. It's true. What can we say? Well, the last thing I want to hit on, we have just a few moments left, is, and that is the app of the week, which I'm pretty jazzed with, actually, because it is the holiday season, and I like technology to make my life simpler, and something that I'm really bad at is getting people gifts, because I generally wait till Christmas Eve. And every year, I swear to myself, that will not be the case. And so far, for approximately 20 years, that has been the case. So maybe this year will be different, and maybe it will be different thanks to a little app called Gift Plan that I got. And Gift Plan is really cool, because A, it will integrate with Facebook or your address book to give you the uh, special events for all the people on your Happy Dappy list. So it tells you whose birthday is coming up or oh, what wow. holiday is coming up. That's yeah, it's it's pretty sweet. So then you can say, all right, I'm gonna. It gives you a little picture and who they are, and you can tap on them, and then you can see if you have that information, or you can enter it in clothing sizes for them, what they've liked in terms of products on wow. the internet, which is the nice what Facebook. What you gave and, them last year. What you gave them, and then various ideas you might have written down for them, complete with you know links to whatever store you want you can also take pictures of things that you think you might want to use for them in the future complete with notes like what occasion you'd use it for what the price was so you can build a list anytime you're in the store you can quickly and easily build a list for later which i have done i've I've actually taken notes in the store thinking hey it's july but this would be a great christmas present So so can you send ideas to that person 
Oh, I'm sure Facebook? that you could. I think it's Just more designed as it's more designed as a something for you to for, organize your gift giving. I see for gift giving, not receiving. Exactly. It is about yeah, and it has a calendar to let you know what's upcoming and who's what's going to be happening as well. It's got some other features in, involved with buying things right from the app or having links for so on and so forth. But if you're building a shopping list for the holidays or in general, if you would like to be a little bit more organized with your gifts, then a gift wrap is a pretty sweet app. I like it. And remember, if you were to call in or leave a comment or get in touch with us, then you are interested in a chance to win a free app from us. So you might just get it if that you want because it costs two ninety nine otherwise. All right, we're going to be ne- back next week. We're very much looking forward to it. We're going to have more tips and tricks and a guest for your enjoyment. Until then, have a great week. See ya. Drive safe. The grid.